Hi, this is episode 21 of the Spinoff Success Podcast. Welcome to the Spinoff Success Podcast with Beth Phillips. Join me each week for inspiring stories about people leveraging tools, platforms, systems, and skills to create thriving businesses, successful side hustles, and surprising new careers. Tune in to discover how to turn your skills and expertise into a spin-off success. Hello, and welcome back to the Spinoff Success Podcast. I'm Beth Phillips, and today my guest is Hannah Suter. Hannah and her husband, Tim, who is my husband's cousin, sold their house and 90% of their possessions to live full-time in an RV. They spent about a year and a half traveling the country with their then one-year-old daughter. We talk about the decision to um, sell everything and to hit the road, the reaction from family and friends, the challenges, and what Hannah discovered about herself. We also talk about how technology made it possible, made it easier, and uh, kept her connected to family and friends. Hannah also mentions a related business idea that's still in the planning stages. So I appreciate you tuning in, and I hope you're inspired by my interview with Hannah Suter. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Beth? I'm great. Oh, my gosh. I, I feel like I have so much I want to catch up um, with you <laughs> about. Yeah, if you're if you're ready to dive in. Um, so... It, if you don't mind like spending some time um, just explaining uh, what kind of led to your and Tim's decision to just, you know, just try the RV lifestyle. Sure. So we ended up living in an RV for 15 months and what sparked it was I think really the birth of our daughter. So that can, Mm. for anybody, it's a, it's, it's a life changer, but I feel like for us, it really forced us to reevaluate our priorities and how are we, how we were spending our time. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, we're spending so much time at work. Um, and which is great. And it allows us to afford nice things. Mm -hmm. And it kind of felt like we were pretty young. um, And we had almost everything we feel like we wanted. It was like we had a nice house in the suburbs, we had the two cars. It's like, what else is there? And we thought about what things don't we have that we want. And we kind of came away with we want more time together. And we want new experiences. And we both always sort of enjoyed outdoor stuff and camping. And we just thought, wouldn't it be kind of crazy, but it seemed totally doable to live in a really small space together and actually be able to explore and have the time together and be able to just sort of let go of some of the possessions and sort of the trappings of daily life that we felt like were holding us back from really pursuing what was most important to us. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before then, did you guys have time in in your careers to take many vacations or spend, you know, leisurely time outdoors. I don't know what, you know, your uh, work schedules were like. Yeah, we never really did. We never had an opportunity to step back for from work for, you know, any more than a week or so, um, just for the sort of standard vacation. So yeah, it was a little, a little unnerving to think about 
changing our lives so drastically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy that you guys were both did did one or the other kind of pitch it, or were you just did you sort of come to it at the same time? And then um, specifically, like, were you guys following people who were doing that kind of thing? Because it, it, those stories are pretty con- you know easy to find uh, online. <clears throat> yeah. So. Um, I was, it, it literally hit me like a lightning bolt. I can still remember just sitting on the couch and the idea just coming to me. So I had never seen it before that. But then of course, as soon as I had the idea, I went onto Google and started looking for like living in an RV, Mm -hmm. um, full-time RVing. And quickly, uh, we found plenty of people to follow. I think the people that we clicked the most with, Mm -hmm. and they still are YouTubers and, on Instagram is a couple called less junk, more journey. Oh, wow. And they have two kids now, but when we first started following them, they had one and their daughter is about the same age as ours. So of course we were so interested in how they did it and they've actually made it really big now and have quite a following. Oh, wow. Uh, But if, if I were to point to any one couple or one online persona that made it seem possible for us, the credit would go to them. Um, And my husband was definitely not on board at first. (laughs) (laughs) He said I was crazy. Where did this idea come from? Um, And I gradually brought him around to it. Yeah, well, I kind of remember about you guys when you bought your house. I mean, you guys bought a house that you completely had to renovate. So you definitely had those sort of DIY skills. Right. Yes. And he had the, um, you know, just propensity to do things. So it's not like it, it, he wasn't a kind of person who it was totally out of his wheelhouse, I guess. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think that his handyman skills definitely came in handy. Well, yours too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We renovated. Um, and that was, that was fun, but just in general, you take anything, that's kind of like a house and you take it down the road at 70 miles an hour and rattle it around a bit. And it's really no surprise that things are always breaking. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have a question about whether uh, if I would look at their less junk, more journey, their Instagram, did they make it look easier or were they pretty transparent about the physical aspect of it and how it's pretty demanding. It it is a demanding lifestyle. Um, At least that was the impression I got from yours while it's like beautiful and you have, you know, a certain amount of freedom that it is pretty constant that you have to be on top of things. But uh, what would you say theirs is? is, Do they kind of portray that part of it? Yeah, I think they do. Oh, good. Um, Yeah, they're really transparent and honest and, and they, yeah, I think that they were great, a great realistic example to follow. So it didn't scare us off, but yeah. I think they definitely gave us a good idea of what we were in for. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm guessing like in addition to, you know, just generally Googling things and following people on Instagram, um, can you think of like any other specific like sites or tools or um, kind of technology that maybe helped you? throughout, you know, your, your, your time on the road? 
to start out with, I think YouTube was our best resource. We would just sort of let the playlist or, you know, how YouTube comes up with the next thing to play. We would just kind of let it play. And it was just fascinating. And there's a lot of really good content out there on YouTube. I feel like even more so than the written content. Yeah. Um, But the interesting thing about YouTubing is we were so interested in watching people. And then once we were on the road, we had no desire to watch any of that anymore, Um, (laughs) which really surprised me. I thought, you know, we're following these people. We now we're going to do the same thing as them. I thought we would still be interested. But I think we were just having our own adventure to such a degree that we didn't feel like we had the energy to keep up with anyone else's anymore. Yeah, right. And you guys did a pretty good job, I thought, of keeping with people like me or say your family up to date on where you were and what you were doing, um, that sort of thing, which is that that's demanding as well. I think. Yeah. And I definitely had mixed feelings on that. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you thought I portrayed it realistically. Cause that's just kind of one of my, um, qualities I value as a person is like being honest Heck yeah. and, and, and I, I hesitated thinking like, oh, you know, showing all these beautiful photos, is this too much like bragging? Mm. Um, I don't want people to think that, you know, our lives are so perfect doing this. So I tried to nope. do my best of showing some of the non-fun stuff as well as the no, fun stuff. it was a really good balance, but it also was inspiring. Um, it Just some of the places that you showed, it, it made me want to go to some of them. So I think that, no, you, you had a really good balance, I thought. Um, Thank you. Yeah, social yeah. media is kind of a touchy thing for me. It's for sure. sometimes brings out my, you know, I don't want to contribute. I just want to be private. And yeah. so I sometimes I struggled with a little bit like sharing so much. Yeah, especially when you have a little one. I mean, that, yes. And you're on the road. So it, it, there is some sort of um, feeling of vulnerability. But, you know, yes. it, the older she gets, the harder it will be to share what's going on in your life because you there's you know you kind of want to maintain her privacy and if you have something that might seem helpful to others it's not necessarily fair to sh- to share it so <laughs> that's very true behavioral yeah. stuff things like that oh, yeah yeah <laughs> well i do have a question um about you i think you mentioned on um a podcast that i heard you that one of the things and i don't know if this is true you have to correct me if i'm i'm not right but you said that one of the things that you wish you would have done or might do if you would have continued is to spend a longer period of time in certain places or planned it out i'm just curious about how you how you mapped out what you guys um, we're doing and how long you would stay at a place if, if you did that, um, strategically or, um, yeah, how you did that. Yeah. You're, you're remembering exactly right. I know I did say that. Um, at first we were on the East coast Mm -hmm. and the East coast requires a lot of planning. So there's not really many places where you can just sort of like pop in and stay if you don't have a reservation. Oh, really? There's just a lot higher concentration of people, at least in the places we were interested in going. We were looking at like the coastal areas and then we liked, um, we really liked using the state park system. Oh, yeah. Versus using the private campgrounds. So Mm -hmm. most state parks have a, are on reservation. And so that had to be a little bit more planned out. We would plan out one or two stops in advance for the East Coast. But then... Once we got out west, um, things spread out a lot more. 
and you can boondock, which is you can stay for free on uh, BLM land and you don't need to register. There's no permit. You just, um, just sort of as a citizen, the, this land belongs to the citizens of the U.S. Wow. Um, so you can take your RV and just park it um, yeah. in any of this BLM land. So that sort of took a lot of the pressure off of us because if we couldn't find a campground to stay at, let's say it was booked for a weekend, we could go stay at the BLM land uh, for the weekend. And then maybe um, in three or four days, we'd go and dump our tanks and oh, okay. fill up on water and stuff like that. So is that marked um, on some sort of site or? Yes. Um, there's a website called freecampsites.net and I know that it's on there hmm. and I'll have to send you another link. I'm, it's been a while since I've looked for um, free camping, but there was, I know there was a couple other websites we used and they give you the coordinates of exactly where to go. And oh, that's cool. There's reviews from people who have just been there and they can tell you if, you know, the road has big rocks in it or things that might be problematic. Yeah. How hard was it to learn? I know you guys had a really gigantic rig and then you switched um, partway through to do like a pickup and then is it called a fifth wheel? How how difficult was it to learn how to drive those darn things? (laughs) Well... I never did really get up the nerve to drive the motorhome. So we started out with a 38 foot motorhome. Um, and that thing intimidated me so badly and I drove it around the parking lot. And then from that day on, um, my husband drove (laughs) and he said that it was pretty hard to get to learn. Um, Mm -hmm. and just up and down mountain passes and something that large was nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, the fifth wheel was a lot easier to drive because you're just driving the pickup truck um, okay. that tows the large trailer. So I did drive that one. Oh, okay. Um, and it wasn't as bad. I thought we both thought that that was a lot easier. Um, so yeah, if we were to do it again, we would get the fifth wheel with a truck again versus oh, okay. a motorhome. Well, that yeah, that raises the question: Do you think you'll ever do it again, whether permanently or just have something that you can just take off um, from a home base? Yes, we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I think the home base idea is more realistic um, with just where we are now and sort of the constraints and commitments we have. And, but we definitely do. I, we know for a fact that as soon as our daughter is out of the house, we will be going, uh, going full time. Um, but until then I have a feeling we will just have a home base and, um, who knows, maybe we can find time to take like a summer off one summer and go for an entire summer. Um, but realistically probably weekend trips or weeks. Cool. Yeah. So did you, I know, um, where you guys ended up buying a, um, a house. Did you have connection with that area before, or did you sort of just find it along the way and fell in love with it? We found it along the way. Mm -hmm. And I would say that it wasn't like love at first sight. Actually, the first time we drove through this area, um, we first drove through it in June and, at that point, we weren't even looking for a place to settle down, so we didn't even really evaluate it from that perspective. Right. Um, and then whenever we were looking to be done with RVing, that was in October, so only four months later, um, we kind of knew we wanted to be out west, We and we had a lot of things that 
limited the options for us. Mm -hmm. So we knew we wanted to be out West. We had fallen in love with the mountains. So mountains were sort of a non-negotiable for us. Yeah. Um, I liked the desert. Tim, my husband wanted four seasons. Um, Mm -hmm. so this area is a high desert and so it is a desert, but it does still have four seasons, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, and our family is all in Pittsburgh, so we knew we wanted a direct flight to Pittsburgh. So that really limited the options. Oh, okay. Um, we were thinking maybe Montana at one point, oh, wow. um, but just the logistics of going back home for a visit or somebody coming to visit us, it was just um, Colorado involved. was a better fit. So cool. I'd say we logically came to this decision, not emotionally out of a... Yeah. Oh my gosh, we love it. Okay. Type of. But is it working for you though? Are you happy that you settled there? Oh yes. Oh, yes. Good. Every good. day I drive to work and just look at the scenery and think like, wow, I, I'm so lucky. And this was nowhere on my radar you know, <clears throat> just, just a year ago. Yeah, so that's I pretty cool. drove through Colorado with my brother um, this summer and I can't believe how diverse it is. I mean, it's, it, it's, it has everything. It's the most beautiful place I've ever driven through, I think. Yeah, it yeah, really is Every gorgeous. corner is a different postcard. It's crazy. Yeah, that sums it up well. <laughs> so let's talk about um, pushback when you guys decided to do this. So once you convinced Tim, um, what was it like um, and how easy or hard was it to – I don't even know if you faced resistance or if people you know, just didn't have an opinion, but did you get any resistance to this idea? Yes, we definitely did. I remember um, I was driving and I told my dad about this on the phone. So okay. I can still like kind of remember where I was in the car. Oh, wow. And he was like, honey, that's not normal. Like, <laughs> that was his reaction. And I'm like, I know it's not normal. Um, so I think that he we sort of hung up with that sentiment of like, this is a weird, this is a weird thing to do is sort of what he thought. Um, and then our house in Pittsburgh was kind of in an up and coming area and they were putting a new highway right Mm -hmm. near our house. So the thought was like, well, why would you sell it whenever, you know, it's going to appreciate so much in a couple of years. So that was another thing that I think people couldn't relate to us selling it at that time. Um, and like, we just had a baby and I, I think it definitely came as a shock. Um, but people really seem to come around to it. Oh, good. Um, I feel like uh, by the end of it, everybody was super supportive and kind of thought like, wow, that's really neat. Oh, you know, I, I've thought about that or I wish I could do that or um, sort of it turned yeah. from like a, well, that's strange to kind of like, wait, I wish I could do that, oh, which was kind so of a good. neat a neat transition. Yeah. And I think anytime you do something that's a little bit, even a little bit unconventional, People are just fearful. That's all. And they're expressing that and um, they don't understand it. And then once they see that you're <laughs> you're you're okay, then I think they kind of get more used to it. Yeah, exactly. I think it was definitely expressed out of a place of love and just wanting, you know, the safest option oh, and the most secure sure. option. But yeah. 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 Um, so what do you think? And I, I would imagine whether you you know, live full time or not, it definitely had to have given you some interesting perspective about just, you know, living your life. And I don't know if you feel like now you're kind of back in the same mode of um, stuff being (laughs) buried by 
you know, stuff that you need just to be in a house. Um, but I'm just wondering um, if you took it, it took away any perspective. I, there's a lot that shifted during this process mm-hmm. and I try to think about what it was. I know one thing that took away is that I, I think the country is not quite as large as I had thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, almost anywhere is just, you can be there within a day on a plane. So there's really no reason to just stay where you are or only explore like your city or where you can drive to because there's so much diversity in our country and we're so lucky to have such a, um, a diverse set of, you know, mountains and desert and and ocean and all these beautiful climates and just everywhere is so different, but it's kind of painless because, you know, it's, we all speak the same language and operate by all the same sort of societal norms. So, um, I would just tell anybody that maybe if you start traveling, you'll discover that really the country is not quite as like large or overwhelming as it seems. And really you can, um, be anywhere, whether it's by car or hop on a plane, but within a day. Oh, that's really cool. So that changed my perspective a lot. I'd only ever really been on the East Coast. I'd never seen a cactus. Um, Oh, yeah. I'd never seen a real mountain. Um, So I wasn't incredibly well-traveled before we did this. Yeah. And and even now, I'm only well-traveled in our country, not outside of it. Yeah, does it give you a desire to to, uh, travel internationally? It definitely does. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's It's been bit by the bug. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'd say that. And as far as the stuff, um, I, I never missed any of our stuff that we mm-hmm. sold. We probably got rid of 90% of our stuff. Really? Wow. Um, it does sort of stink to start over and not own any of the large stuff. So we've had to buy, um, furniture yeah. and, but we buy almost everything secondhand. So oh, okay. I kind of feel okay about that because yeah. it's, not as wasteful and our stuff back in Pittsburgh went to a good home when we sold it and now we're buying it from somebody else who you know is ready to part with it so I feel okay about that but still it does it's not fun to move into a house and like whenever we moved into our house after we moved out of the RV all we had was uh one mattress for our daughter and then (laughs) one mattress for us and we didn't even have a couch or anything that's crazy did it give you a new appreciation for working, um, just a sort of a, a predictable schedule. So I know a lot of people kind of push against like, oh, I'm stuck in a cubicle or, um, you know, they want to you know, break free of their nine to five, but did it get a, give you a new appreciation for the stability of that? Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned this actually, because this is probably one of my biggest takeaways and a mm. huge perspective changer. Mm-hmm. So I was one of those people. I thought, you know, um, this nine to five life isn't for me. I, I need to do something bigger and better for with my life. And um, I, I had the opportunity to whenever we went RVing, it was sort of a blank slate and I could sort of do whatever yeah. I wanted for work. Right. Um, by the end of it, I was... I was so ready to go back to tech, um, my industry and it made me appreciate what it does for me mentally to just get up, get dressed, get out of the house, um, interface with other people. One of the hard parts about being on the road is I really missed like developing, 
meaningful relationships with others. Yeah, I get it. Um, we met a lot of like-minded people, but it's really hard to Maintain. ever see them again yeah. or, right. yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I'm glad to hear um, that. So I feel like I went back to corporate America with a whole new perspective of like, oh my gosh, this is so good for me. I'm so happy to be here. Um, and yeah, so I, I feel really lucky I had the opportunity to discover that because yeah. if I would have never stepped away, I don't think I would have ever realized. Yeah, or maybe burned out. But it also sounds like uh, you were describing your um, new position to me, but it sounds like you sort of um, pivoted a little bit and discovered something that you'd like even better in the industry. Yeah, I think having some time away made me just appreciate, again, like um, talking to people. And I'm in tech, so I've had opportunities on sort of the very technical side of coding. Mm -hmm. And then I knew I wanted to sort of go into a more business-facing role and sort of talk to end users and customers and try to sell our product and say why it's awesome. And I didn't want to lose my foot in the development world either. Mm-hmm. So the position I'm in is currently a good blend of, of um, the technical you, and the business. How do you keep those coding skills sharp? <laughs> well, I'd be lying if I said they're still sharp. Um, <laughs> I last did a, a sort of set of online classes while we were in the RV um, but to be perfectly honest, once I started working full time again, I didn't touch them again. Yeah. So, but I'm still talking every day with my, um, development team. So, so you understand I'm certainly keeping and... my, the technical concepts and the terms and everything like that. I'm still able to speak to, but, yeah. um, sitting down and writing code is not something I really want to do. Okay. So. Yeah. I gotcha. Do yeah. you, do you miss that at all? Because that has to sort of feed something pretty specific in in you you know um I don't miss it at all I don't Mm. think it was ever really a good fit for me um so no I really don't miss it (laughs) oh that I'm glad to hear that then too yeah (laughs) that's awesome so are are you is there anything like else um is like what's next for you guys are you pretty satisfied for for now do you feel like you're um you're gonna be where you are for a little bit I think we'll be here for a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm done sort of thinking super long term, just based on our history now. Um, Whenever we bought this house, we had basically, to make a long story short, we had sort of a a mortgage option that would work out better if we were here for more than five years Mm -hmm. or one that would work out better if we were here for less than five years. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We were like, which one do we do? And we're like, we don't want to feel pressured to be here for more than five years. So we went with the one that would have worked out better in the short term. Um, So I think that kind of speaks to our mindset. Um, Obviously, our daughter in school, it's important for us to keep her life stable as well. So probably nothing too crazy. But um, we saw plenty of people homeschooling on the road. And our perspectives Mm -hmm. have definitely been, um, our eyes have been open to the different possibilities. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's nice that you guys are on the same page and, you know, just working it out together. I think that's so cool. Yeah, I think we definitely are on the same page. And we still have an idea for a camper-based business brewing. Yeah, I've been thinking about that because it it was so intriguing to me. But I know I don't have the skills or the temperament to do something like that, even for a couple of months, just as far as having to maintain. But... Um, to be able to go somewhere and get that experience is, um, 
I totally think that there's a market for that. What, what, what did your research suggest? Did people respond to that? Yeah, people responded really well. We got way more survey responses than we thought. Oh, good. Well, um, so it was well, super encouraging. I know what you're talking about, but why don't you describe um, your idea, and, unless you want to kind of keep it under wraps. Um, oh, no, it's okay. fine. Yeah, describe it because um, just any listeners w- wouldn't necessarily know what we're talking about. Right. While we were on the road, we had we fell in love with boondocking, which I mentioned earlier yeah. is kind of like going into these national forests um, with your camper and there's no electricity and there's no water, but your RV sort of has those things in limited quantities, sort mm-hmm. of making it somewhat comfortable, um, mm-hmm. obviously more comfortable than a tent, but you still get a really rustic experience in nature. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times when you're at a campground, you're kind of like parked right next to another camper and it's not nearly as relaxing or enjoyable as sort of okay. being in the woods. Yeah. So we sort of had the thought of what if we bought some RVs and sort of set them up, you know, with the proper water, with the solar, uh, solar banks so people could have electricity. Mm-hmm. And what if we towed them or drove them out to these spots in the woods and then people could come stay in them for like a week or a weekend. Yeah. Um, so sort of giving somebody a authentic experience. RV experience that's not a campground based. Yeah. 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 So so that's still brewing, that idea. Yeah, that that and a permutation of that. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like it is something like, say you bought something, a rig, or an RV, and however you you tried to make it work, it's it seems like you guys didn't have a problem selling your RV. You know, it, it, I don't know what the risks are to doing a business like that, other than your time and the initial investment, but doesn't seem ridiculously risky yeah that's true because if you buy one used you know you can usually sell it for yeah you know you won't get the money back out but the depreciation isn't nearly as bad as on a new one yeah no no that's such a cool idea it seems like we could even just try it small scale with one rv yeah yeah Yeah. i think you could wow so and we live in a good place for it (laughs) you do yeah you definitely do yeah, well, um, I don't know. Have you been blogging much at all? No, no, I have not been blogging yeah. at all. Well, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I want to direct people to your blog if you think that um, it still tells your story. If they're kind of in, people are interested in checking checking out that lifestyle, is this still alive? Your blog. It's still live. Okay. I would definitely recommend checking it out. Cool. Um, we have tons of posts. Feel free to go back to the sort of start of the blog. And we even posted a couple times about why we why we chose to go live in an RV. Yeah. And then sort of from the beginning, you can read about our struggles and our love of boondocking and our love of the West. And um, yeah. yeah, it's all chronicled there. That's awesome. I'll put that in the show notes. And I think you, you also had some pretty... Um, um, practical posts about doing things, you know, step by step, or your process in 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 taking care of certain things. So, I yeah, think that, we had I think practical. some pretty basic information on like how to find a boondocking site or how yeah, to right. how etiquette for boondocking and how to not annoy you know right. and how to respect the land and yeah, yeah we excellent. tried to do some practical stuff. Well, good. Well, I appreciate so much you um, chatting with me about this. I think it's fascinating. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a it's been almost a year now since we were on the road, so it's fun for me wow, to reminisce. Wow, that's hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe it's been that long. 
I know it yeah. is. No, a lot. Uh, yeah, a lot happens in a year. Well, it was so great to talk to you. Say hi to Tim and give Kala a kiss. And oh, I um, will. Thank you so much for taking the time tonight. Yeah, it was an honor, Beth, and good to catch up with you a bit. You too. You too. Hope, hope to see you guys soon. Okay. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes at spinoffsuccess.com, where you'll find all the links and any resources mentioned on today's episode. Subscribe on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast player. The show is now available on Spotify and Google Podcasts, so you can check it out there as well. And I'd really appreciate if you leave a rating and review. It helps others find the show and it helps out the show in general. Finally, I have one more favor. If you or someone you know has a spinoff success story that you think would inspire others or just be interesting to the audience in general, shoot me an email at beth at spinoffsuccess.com and you can either leave me a link to uh, the work that you're doing, maybe a company that you started, or just tell me a little bit about your spinoff success. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.